Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 185, Compliments in Power. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Hello there, wherever you are in the world, you are welcome. It's good to be with you. And what a week we've had. Did you enjoy the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction? Are you as exhausted as I am because of so many dreams and so much happening? It's been a very intense time, a, a wonderful time of opening consciousness, but also having to deal with the consciousness that's coming to our lives. Because when the skies open and we are able to receive information, which is really what consciousness is from all over the universe, there's a lot to synthesize. And I just wanted to start by saying that that's important for us to understand. We talk about enlightenment or consciousness, but if we understand that light is information, consciousness is information. We are literally surrounded, marinated by information. And if you think the information we're receiving really here on a terrestrial level is a lot, you can only imagine what it's like when we have this pouring in from the galaxy, from the cosmos. And I think that's something that I recognize it's not always understood. It's like, oh, yes, let's have collective consciousness. But that means that everything that's ever been thought, ever been emoted, ever been, been expressed is coming to us now. And some of the reason for doing that is that we can own it. We can say, oh, that's mine. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know I left it in five lifetimes back. But it also means that we have to have more discernment about what we allow into our consciousness, into our psyche. And this is not just about having better emotional boundaries, better belief system boundaries, better boundaries all around about what is it that I want to receive. Now, when we are very much rooted and resonating with our heart, we will have natural boundaries to say, this doesn't resonate with me. And that's what's been happening over these last two years, especially. We've been saying, you know, I used to go along with that or that frequency was right for me. Now, no, I, I don't resonate with those people. I don't resonate with, with listening to this or that. But it's also very important for us to understand that there are those things that are coming from the spirit world, which are at a higher frequency, but it doesn't always mean that it's resonating with us. What do I mean? Having worked with psychics and been intuitive and psychic all my life, there was always a time that you may have gone through where I'd hear people say, oh, suddenly I opened up to the spiritual world or the psychic world. And then I'm downloading all this information and I'm woken at three o'clock in the morning. All of that sounds wonderful. And that's definitely relating to this Jupiter-Neptune that's been happening anyway. But the fact of the matter is, there's also a kind of discernment to who we receive from the spirit world. 
we could also say who we receive from the star beings, that not every alien, not every ET is good, not everyone is bad, not every spirit is going to be resonating with our soul. Just because they come from the spiritual world or the spirit world doesn't mean that they're going to be helpful. So it's really important to not get lost in the glamour of, wow, look how psychic I am and look how open I am to everything that's happening, because it may again not resonate with you. And at this time, there are many energies floating around that you really wouldn't want to take on board. And if you were thinking logically, you'd say, I, I don't want that energy. So if you're very sensitive, and I know many of you are, or very psychic, recognize that the spirit world that you want to work with are those that resonate with you. Same if we're talking about star beings or elementals, any light being, you're saying, I only want to attract into my world those that resonate with my soul at the deepest level. And what we used to say, and I still would say it's important to say is, I will only bring you into my awareness if you come with love and light. That energy is really important for us to use, those distinctions. Because when someone says, oh, I'm woken up by the spirit world and I really need my sleep, I say, if they come in love and light, they will listen to you when you say, not now, I need to sleep. See, they don't have human bodies that need to sleep and refresh themselves. So it's so important for us to set timings for the spirit world. And I often get asked, well, do I have spirit guides? Well, yes, we all have spirit guides. But you, you and they need to have a contract about when we speak with them and how we speak with them. And so you may, if you've ever come on any of my workshops, notice that I say we're going to start at 10 a.m. because we're starting at 10 a.m., not after that. Why am I so strict about this? Is because what I learned from a very young age was that when we want to engage with the spirit world, they will turn up at 10 a.m. Now, might not be their 10 a.m., but basically we need to respect them if we want them to work with us. So I often advocate for, for those who want to make more connection with their spirit guides or whatever, that you say, I'm going to sit down between 9 and 9.10. It doesn't have to be a long time. They don't care but that you will sit down and you will have a pen in your hand or you will have your artwork or whatever it is that you want to do because they don't want to just talk to you. They want you to express that into paper or into paint or into pottery or into your garden, into your cooking. But when we want to work with the spirit world, it doesn't mean they're only going to turn up at that time, but it's about cooperation and collaboration and respect so the more we respect our guidance, the more they'll work with us. And as I say, the more we respect ourselves, we won't work with those who are not going to help us. I always used to say that if Uncle Dave was stupid on this planet, he's probably stupid on the other planets. <laughs> and I'm not being rude to an Uncle Dave. I'm just saying is that sometimes when someone passes over, we suddenly think they develop wings and they have a halo. We need to be discerning with those that we wish to work with. Now, ultimately, I suggest you work just directly with source. But what we're doing is we work with the energy of source, but there may be intermediaries that can help us on a more personal level. I hope that helps you.
Now, saying the same thing, there's one other aspect of this Jupiter-Neptune I want to mention, is that as we evolve ourselves and change our resonance, we literally will draw into our world the spirit, the light beings that work on that same level. So when we want to send out an intention, it isn't enough to say, oh, I live in fear. Could you come and take away my fear? That's not going to work. Or could you come and bring peace to this planet? That isn't working. Everything changes because we change. So if you want to bring peace, live in peace. If you want to bring joy, live in joy. If you want to have healing and health, imagine you've already got it. That's what I mean by resonance. Live as if you are already well. Now, you might say, well, how can I? Because I'm feeling so ill. What I would say is bring into your imagination a memory, an awareness of what it would be like in your body if you were well. You might see the sunrise. You might imagine yourself walking along a path without pain. Bringing it into your body, imagining your body already knows how to do this is the way forward. Sending out a, a mindset, a, oh, I hope this will happen, really is telling the universe, but I don't think it will, or I need someone else to do it because I feel helpless. So empowering ourselves just for a few moments to feel peaceful, we then attract into our world peacefulness and the light beings who work with peacefulness. Peace based on a fear of death or a fear of loss only brings more death, only brings more loss. Make sense? Change our frequency, we change the consciousness that we bring to this planet. Live in the fear, we just keep attracting the fear. So that is our Neptune, Jupiter, and Venus is going to join this little happy gang, and Jupiter will continue in Pisces until May the 11th when it goes into Aries. Now, Jupiter is like this very enthusiastic little boy or girl that jumps up and down all the time going, yay, let's do this. So it can be a little manic. As it moves into Aries, May the 11th, it will come back into Pisces again in October. But we have this period of time where Jupiter in Aries is let's start new ideas. Let's do new things. But it is also about let's start new wars. Let's start new battles. Let's, let's be courageous and fight each other. So I sense this summertime from May to October is going to be very critical for those who don't believe, like myself, that war is the answer. I love new inventions. I love new innovations. But the manicness that's happening where we're hearing people say, let's just go to war. This would be great. No, it won't. It can never serve us. It can never serve us in the long term. So keeping ourselves in a place where we say, what is the best result for the next seven generations is the way to go. So that's about the, the Neptune Jupiter, which is you know, passing us on, but it's still around. The next thing we've got is this full moon in Libra on the 16th of April. And this is Easter time, if you're brought up uh, with a Christian faith. And of course, we have Passover happening as well. What's very interesting that Easter 
is a time of death, as you might know. On the first day, there's death. The second day, there's connection. The third day, there's rebirth. This three-day cycle I speak about for all of us, especially women, when we go through this process of cleansing and connecting and being inspired. Well, which moon do you think that relates to? Oh, I think it relates to the dark moon, the new moon. That's when we do this three-day ritual. The Christian church moved it to the full moon. And I think they did it on purpose because the full moon is not about death. It's about a celebration of who you are. And I'm going to be talking about celebration soon. And when I talk about how important compliments are. So we were already distorted. Our awareness was already distorted by the Christian church who moved Easter from a time of death, connection and rebirth to the full moon that has nothing to do with that. However, I hope you celebrate it. And you may be celebrating with the Easter eggs or eggs or painting eggs. Do you know why? Well, because of Lent and the time when you would give up dairy and different products, including eating eggs, you never told the hens that they should not lay eggs. And so by the time you got to Easter, you had an abundance of eggs that were going to go rotten if you didn't eat them. And that's where all the eggs came into Easter. Yes, we could say it's about new birth, but I kind of like that more practical reason that there were an awful lot of eggs around <laughs> that we had to eat. Now we have the avian flu and poor, poor chickens are being slaughtered. So we also may see a lack of eggs, which is kind of a symbolic message around Easter. I'm not sure what it symbolizes, but the fact that Easter was always about an abundance of eggs. And here we have a problem because we have lack of eggs, maybe some symbolism towards what's happening in our world. So what does the full moon apart from that mean? Libra is about balance, justice, relationships, thinking of other people before we think of ourselves. That's very much the Libran way. Any of you who have Libran energy will recognize what I'm saying. But it's also about procrastination, not making decisions, because you always think, well, somebody else needs something more than I do, or would everybody be okay if I did this? Do you recognize this? Any of you who have got Libra in your chart? So this is a time of making healthy decisions. And part of that making healthy decisions is to actually realize you do have choice. And I think sometimes at this moment in, in time, we forget we have choice. Everything seems to be just bypassing us. Or even if we did have a choice, we voted for something, it seems to be our vote is not heard. So I just want to speak just a little bit about this, apart from Libra being about generosity and families and harmony, it's also about recognizing the choices we have. Now, you remember I talked about the quantum computers. Don't worry, I'm not going to go too far back into that. But the quantum computer idea was that at certain points, and I called them synapses, we could actually just stop and make a decision which path we were going to take. And that was a very powerful message to us all that fate is not a linear experience. We can make choices. Now, AI, which is really part of this quantum computer, has worked out that humans actually are very predictable. 
And so that line can be predicted. That's what a human's going to do. And unfortunately, it's not just, you know, as a human, it's literally they could read me, I could read your astrology chart, and I could predict certain patterns that you have. I could look at your numerology and I could predict certain patterns you have. And I do. So at this time, it really, and I can't say this strong enough, is a time for us to be unpredictable. And I feel this is an enormous step for us all. Do something over these next, this next week that nobody could have predicted you would have done. Now, you might say, oh, my goodness, does that mean I have to go out and save the world? No, or change the world. It might even just be wearing, if you still wear a watch, on another, put it on the other arm. It might be switching off your phone where you usually have it on all the time. It may be going for a walk in a different direction than you usually have. Being unpredictable is the way in which we will not be controlled by supercomputers or AI. Our predictability is our problem. Now, the predictability where you could say, well, I always will be a compassionate person, that's, that's true. But what patterns are we being driven by that are not about just being human, but our own personal lives? And I think this Libra full moon is saying, let us reveal where some of our patterns come from. What is the source, the core source of why we are so predictable? And, and many a time I say, well, you know, maybe so I say to someone, well, you're, you're sabotaging yourself in this way. And they go, well, I always do that. Well, don't. Stop doing it. Stop being predictable. Do something different. And seeing ourselves less as being affected by external events and recognizing how we can't change external events, but we can change internal ones. And it takes me back to the work of Bruce Lipton where he spoke about, and those of you who have followed his work, how our genetic makeup, our patterns of behavior, or the way in which we are is predicted by the locks or the septocytes on our cell membrane. And so we could take it just as a belief system. So if we have a certain belief system that is represented by this receptor site on our cell membrane, whenever that belief system is triggered, it will set off a cascade effect causing a particular behavior to occur or particular ways in which our body will react. He said, and I will never forget this, and this really ties into Easter, that it only takes three days to change our perceptions, to actually get rid of an unhealthy receptor site or one that you finished with and develop a new one. Three days. It's that three days again, my friends. Three days is a magical time for change. So if you're thinking of doing something unpredictable, try doing it just for three days because everything will change. And I remind you of the story I've told before, where they, they, the researchers took a group of people who were 70 years old, put them in a house, which was 20 years earlier, or pretended it was 20 years earlier. And they said, live as if you are 50, 20 years earlier. 
So they had all the, the music and the radio and the television, whatever, from 20 years before. And they said, live as if you are there now. And within three days, all their blood indices changed to where they would have been if they were 50 years old. And then they continued for another two weeks and they continued to get better and better. Again, there's three days. They took another group and they said, just remember what it was like then. And nothing changed. So changing our minds doesn't change anything. Changing our behavior, like, as I said, being as silly as, okay, I'm going to wear my watch on another wrist or I'm going to drink tea instead of coffee. Doing something like that that changes very physical behavior changes our mind, not the other way around. So this is a time for humanity to do something different than what is predicted. And that is what it is about being human, being spontaneous, being in tune with your intuition, doing something and everybody goes, what? <laughs> I didn't think you'd do that. So surprise your family. Surprise everybody. Do something different. And that's what changes us. And when we do something different, then, as I say, the collective consciousness, the spirit world can say, oh, look, she's resonating from a different place. We're going to join her. And we call that synchronicity. And I've noticed not only in my life, but in many people around me, this Jupiter-Neptune conjunction has led to many synchronous events. Have you had that? Where you make a decision and everything falls into place. And you couldn't believe it. Wow, that one decision and suddenly doors are open for you. Or those doors close. Remember, that's also synchronicity. So rely on this energy. And we could call it galactic energy or cosmic photon energy coming in. But we're in this energy that anything is possible. But just because that energy is there, we need to actually make the choice to poke our heads into that energy and say, I'm going to be unpredictable. I'm going to do something different. And then we find ourselves surfing those waves of change. But if we bury ourselves and say, I'm doing this because I've always done it, those waves will just pass right by us. So we've talked about the, the full moon. We have an eclipse at the end. I'll talk about that next time, end of the month. So we have the full moon coming up. We have, we've had our Neptune and our, and our um, Jupiter coming together with Venus. We also have Uranus and Mercury coming together. And now I'm kind of changing gear. Uranus is about, it's, it's in Taurus, so it's all about the earth, nature, the body. So everything we've been seeing about medicine and the body and nature and eating from the earth or not, or making new ways of eating, as I've discussed. And then we have Mercury. And I think Mercury being a communication, so we may see more communication about new techniques of how we should eat, how we should get fuel. I can't say it's all good things, but there's going to be more maybe communication. And then the other thing I noticed, and some of you might have been watching, things have been happening where a lot of activities underground, so it might be in a subway system, or it may be a sewer system, or it may be in a cave or something happening. There's a lot of stirring happening there. And it may be on the 18th of April, because we have that's when these two are meeting, that we hear about something that has disturbed the underground or disturbed nature in that way. 
or Mercury also represents short journeys. So it could be something, as I said, something happening in a someone taking a short journey and there being some disturbance. So just to be aware of that. And I bring that up because the next thing is Pluto. So Pluto, dear Pluto, coming towards the end of Capricorn, it's passing, as you know, across the, uh, is conjunct with the US's Pluto. So it's very important. The US is going through major changes over the next two years. But Pluto will go retrograde on the 29th of April. And we pick that energy up about 10 days before it starts. It actually begins. So what does retrograde mean? It means that it will come to a standstill and then start to go back again. And that will continue until October. But when a big planet like Pluto, I know you might say Pluto isn't a big planet, but when a major planet, we'll call it that, goes stationary, we all feel it. And Pluto is about power and power struggles. And so I can see maybe from, you know, I could say the 20th of April and certainly probably about to the 10th of May, we're going to see these huge power struggles, which we're already seeing sometimes in terms of wars or deaths, unfortunately. But there's going to be this struggle between almost life and death, because that's what Pluto represents, this, you know, this transformative energy requires us to go through death processes in life to bring birth. But it also means there's a power struggle on, on literally on everybody's life force. Let me put it that way. So be aware that this is a time for some very deep revelations to come to the surface because Pluto is also, you could say, the volcanic energy of the Earth, things being brought to the surface, things being revealed. Um, especially those things that are secretive or under the ground or under the earth, within the earth, uh, especially around sex and abuse, the sort of scorpionic energies that Pluto rules, prisons, abuse, all those situations. Pluto is going down into the underworld and throwing to them surface. And I bring to your mind that uh, I'm enjoying a workshop that I'm doing to you know today actually on riding the dragon, which is part of my Earth Mysteries visa. And uh, if you haven't signed up for that, you might be interested to sign up, even though the day will have passed by if you haven't managed to listen to this podcast in time. But if you sign up, I'm always happy to send the recording of this session that we're going to have about riding the dragon energy of the Earth, because this is really powerful now that our focus is going to be on what's happening within the earth, not just as this solid container, but as a living being. And I think we're going to be focusing much more on the living being that is Mother Earth and all her different complexities that really exist within us as well. So Pluto coming to a standstill, going backwards is going to be really powerful. And we're going to constantly be seeing power struggles that want to control. And this is my, light, my final piece on the astrology, is that we have Saturn, of course, in Aquarius, and the desire through probably the Uranus Taurus as well to get rid of cash, to go cashless. And I know many of you may already do that. You say, wow, I love using my credit card or my debit card. But I want you just to remember that going cashless means we're moving much more towards the agenda 
of those who would like us to actually be controlled through our credit cards, through our phones, whether it's a green pass or an energy pass or whatever passes they want. You only have to look at what's going on in Shanghai today to know that this is not a direction we want to go in. Whether you want to go to cashless, up to you, but don't see it as a benefit if it means that you can be controlled through your credit, through your credit card, and you can be controlled as to what you're allowed to buy, where you're allowed to move, what you're allowed to do. This is not the way that we bring freedom. And I see so many people just signing up for it. Let me put an implant in so I, don't, I can be controlled as to what I do in life. I don't know, but it's time for us all to recognize that some of these let's save you time and space are actually locking us into a system that takes us out of our control of our minds and our hearts. So my last piece that I want to bring in here is about compliments. And I bring that in partly out of just what I've been seeing this week, but also just how much compliments are so complementary to who we are. And yet some people find it really hard to both receive compliments and to give compliments. So where do compliments come from? They come from a solar plexus. They come from the base chakra. And I just want to put in my plug for my Let's Talk Chakra workshop. If you're interested in coming on that, it's at the end of April. But very much I'll be talking about and showing you how to listen and, to, and balance your own chakras. But the solar plexus is about, do I feel okay about myself? Uh, do I feel okay about who I am? Do I like myself, self-confidence? But when we don't have self-confidence, then it's really hard to give compliments to other people. It's really hard not to judge them. It's really hard to draw or help someone else to succeed if we don't feel that we can be successful. And I would like to say that giving a compliment isn't just about saying, oh, you're a great person. Because if you've ever had that done, you realize that that person actually doesn't know you. Maybe they do. You are a great person. What the greatest compliments are that you can receive are ones in which you have been recognized for the struggles, the challenges you've made in your life. What may have been difficult for you, and someone says, I know how difficult that was, well done you. See, it's not, you don't need a compliment for something that's easy. Maybe you do, but I think the greatest compliments are the ones where someone sees you and knows you and says, well done you, because that was tough. And I suggest doing something that I often do in a workshop, which is to ask you to write down six things that you have done in your life, which you are proud of. And even using that word, someone says, oh, I can't be proud of something. I mustn't be big headed. Yeah, be big headed. This is your list. It's time to celebrate yourself. Because unless we celebrate our achievements, we can never give a compliment to anybody else. And someone who always has to give you a backhanded compliment or, or judge you, it just shows their insecurity. So what are the six things you're proud of? And I often see this list made up of, I don't know, I learned to swim when I was 40. And this isn't my list, but I'm just suggesting it. Or I went back to school when I was 50. Or um, 
I stayed in a marriage when it was actually a difficult marriage. I left a marriage. I took care of my mother when I really didn't want to. I didn't take care of my mother. (laughs) I don't know what your list would look like, but look at the things that actually were challenged that you managed to do. And through that, your soul grew. They're the things to celebrate. I always use my example of becoming a doctor. You know, I had no difficulty doing the exams. Taking exams was easy for me. I had no difficulty actually starting to work in an anatomy room. People are dead. You've heard my story. The hardest part of being a doctor was people suffering. I found it really hard to not faint when people suffered. So my greatest achievement was actually learning how to create healthy boundaries so I could actually stay with people who suffered and develop healthy love and compassion without taking on their energy. So what is it that you're proud of? What have you achieved? And when you've done this, and this is what I would do in a group, would be share it with someone else. If you have nobody else in your house, we'll share it with your pets. Of course, they're there. But share it in a mirror and give yourself a little celebratory dance. Because when we compliment ourselves, when we feed ourselves and celebrate ourselves through our solar plexus, we're then able to give compliments to others. And when someone compliments you, don't just brush it off and say, oh, anybody would have done that. It's no big deal. You'd have done the same. Take it from your head into your heart and say, yes, I did that. Even if the compliments are not quite on tap, but remind yourself, they may say, oh, you were wonderful with your mother or whatever. And you might say, yes, I was. And they don't need to know the nitty gritty of your relationship, but you can say, yes, I was, because you know that. And every time we feed ourselves with those compliments, we feed our soul, we celebrate ourselves, and we're then able to give compliments. And so in your week, or whenever you listen to this podcast, ask yourself, have I given myself a compliment today? And who have I complimented in my life? And don't don't necessarily just do it because you're being told to do it. Really be resonating with that person, with that tree. I know we'll come back to trees, but my beautiful blossoms at the moment on my trees say, goodness, you're beautiful. And I'm really resonating with that beauty. I'm not just saying it. So be aware of someone and look them in the eye and connect to their heart and give a compliment from there because it's worth a million dollars or more, because it empowers us all. When we are seen, we're acknowledged, we're felt, we're heard for who we are. I leave you with that thought. Have an enjoyable week. And until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. 
do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.